Donna West on Joy Radio, episode number 30. The phone number is always 330-707-4202. I had to speak for a moment because I don't know what phone number I wrote down on my text here. I did back to studio laughing. Not even sure whose phone number that is, but we'll just delete that for next week so we don't do this again. Find the show on Facebook, westernreserveradio.com. Download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps or go to westernreserveradio.com. The phone numbers 330-707-4202. A change in plans today as uh, we will be joined by our buddy Corey Crisson, who is uh, the co-host with me on the bullpen here on Western Reserve Radio to talk about tonight's first game of the World Series. 8-11 first pitch tonight on Fox is where you can find that game between the Rays, the, the Rays and the Dodgers uh, down in Arlington, Texas at the new ballpark in Arlington. Coming up after we talk to Corey, Matt Emsch will join the show today, filling in for Ryan as my co-host. We will preview the Ohio State-Nebraska game that is this Saturday at noon on your local Fox affiliate. Then, uh, unfortunately, we will talk to him about the Browns-Steelers game from Sunday. And, of course, with Matt being a Steelers fan, we know how happy he was with the result of that game. So, again, the phone number is 330-707-4202. The big news in sports today, if you have not heard or if you're a fantasy football guy like me, Tua Tagovailoa named the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. They are on a bye this week. They'll be back in action in two weeks. So Tua will get his first NFL start after suffering that uh, season-ending hip injury against Mississippi State last year for the University of Alabama. Also want to remind you, don't forget Just Football with Matt Emsch coming up tomorrow right here on Western Reserve Radio. Matt will join us here in about 525. And then we will have week three, the high school football preview show with Dave and I coming up on Friday. Unless Dave tells me otherwise, we'll start the show at 5 o'clock and we'll preview both the Ursuline game against West Branch and we'll also talk about the Springfield-St. Thomas Aquinas matchup that we're all working on getting prepared for for this week here on Western Reserve Radio. Those games, of course, coming up on Saturday night right around 6.30 pregame and 7 o'clock kickoff for the two of those here on Western Reserve Radio. Jim Craven and the coach Bob Gessler will have the St. Thomas Aquinas Springfield game and over on Western Reserve Radio 2 that will be the Ursula West Branch game as the Irish go on the road this week as the lower seeded team to take on West Branch out in Beloit. That is the rundown of high school football coming up in the Valley this weekend. As of course a lot more teams continue to get ready to open up play both on Friday and Saturday. As I believe we're down to 13, 14 teams in the area, of course, depending on exactly how many teams you consider to be in our actual coverage area. And that is always a debate depending on where your media outlet covers games around the Valley. I'm going to ask Dave, have we heard from Mr. Christen yet, Dave? No, we have not. That's unfortunate. So we are hoping that Corey is going to be with us here in the next few minutes. 330-707-4202, the numbers right here on Western Reserve Radio. And uh, it is interesting that uh, we've been following the college football scene, of course, for the last couple of weeks, but it really hasn't been the same with no Ohio State, and then they return coming up this weekend when they will play their first game of the year at home as uh, they will host the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, I think the uh, the Fox pregame show is actually going to be live for that game as well. And then, of course, the game begins at noon with Ohio State and Nebraska. And, of course, the Browns continue to play this weekend. They will be on the road to take on the Bengals. And uh, that is a 1 o'clock kickoff after the uh, 425 game a couple weeks back against the Colts. 
So we'll have to see how the Browns rebound after a very difficult loss last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which will be coming up here. Uh, Our conversation will turn to that here in a few minutes. Again, it is 2020 World Series begins tonight, and there was a lot of questions around, you know, would we even get to this point in, in the baseball season? And baseball went through its problems, of course. There were several teams that had some high numbers of positive tests. Uh, mainly the Cardinals uh, and, of course, uh, the Florida Marlins. But since we got to the postseason and they went to the bubble format, things have actually gone really well for Major League Baseball. Uh, There have not been uh, any positive tests that have been reported in in quite a while as we're now down to the final series of the year. And it's been interesting, too, because it's been every night there's been a game once we got you know deeper into the playoffs, the uh, championship series was played seven games in seven days. The World Series will follow that same format of seven games in seven days. And that all begins tonight with the Dodgers and Rays getting together. And it's, it's a contrast in styles for baseball, too, between these two teams, not only in the way that they approach the game, but also the way that they pay the game. The Dodgers having, if not the highest payroll in baseball, one of the highest payrolls in baseball, and the Tampa Bay Rays are darn near the bottom with an entire team payroll that is lower than, I believe, $30 million to pay their entire roster. So it also goes to show that maybe not every year, and maybe you can't maintain it over a long period of time, but you still can get to a World Series not having one of the top payrolls in all of baseball. So it depends on how you construct the team and how long you think your team is going to be able to continue to produce, win games, and be successful. Would it be surprising with the way the Rays are constructed if things were to change in the next couple of years? Only time will tell. Mr. Christen, are you with us? How are you? I'm here. What's up, Mark? How are you? So what do you think? It's two different complete styles of teams playing tonight. Yeah, the nexus being what? Andrew Friedman with his uh, constructing of the Rays and then now constructing these Dodgers as we know them. And, yeah, like you said, completely different styles. You got, I think Mookie Best and Clayton Kershaw is like a million over the max payroll of the entire Rays team. So, yeah, you, you got money ball versus actual money and baseball. So this should be a fun series no matter how you kind of slice it, especially when you look at it that way. Yeah, it is interesting, too. Do you think the Rays can continue to win the way they built their team this year long-term? Yeah, long-term, you have to think so, especially if they can keep this core around. They're so young, too, don't forget. They don't have any, you know, I mean, like Charlie Morton, they have a couple of veterans, but they're not, you know, exceedingly old by any means as far as death is concerned, and they still have top prospects coming up. They still have a very strong farm system. If they can get Brent Honeywell healthy, if they can get Wander Franco, who is just an absolute dynamite prospect, I believe he's still number one on MLB Pipeline. So if they can continue to build, especially with those two blue-chip prospects, then, I mean, there's others, too. So, yeah, it added a couple of veterans. Maybe a star catches eye of this series and says, hey, maybe Tampa's a good place to go. I don't see why not, especially given the payroll's so low right now. And, you know, what's the old saying? If you're down at the bottom, the only place you can go is up. So if they start spending some more money and getting maybe a big free agent or two, even just a couple of complimentary free agents, you know, especially with the Yankees, they don't seem to be gelling right now. The Red Sox and the Orioles are kind of in the tank. Uh, the uh, the Blue Jays are still coming up a little bit, but they're a year or two away. So, yeah, I don't see why Tampa couldn't sustain this. And, of course, like you and I like to always talk about, two former Indians on their roster and one former Mahoning Valley scrapper in Joey Wendell. That's the scrapper's press box consensus favorite. I think you can agree on that. That's such Absolutely. a good guy, Joey Wendell is. Yeah, he, he's such a good guy. I mean, you, you talk to anybody that has worked around the Scrappers press box, Steve Ruman, Scott Hansen, uh, Craig Antush, Tim Poe's guy, yourself. You, you talk to anybody, uh, Dave Dormer, you talk to anybody that's been on that press box, and you know that Joey Wendell has been a clubhouse favorite and, and a press box favorite and a staff favorite for a long time. And, uh, I, I mean, 
look, Gandhi Diaz, of course, too, is a, is a former scrapper. There's some former Indian farmhands uh, in this series, and it's really cool to see just, you know, it, it obviously stinks to see them do it away from Cleveland, but at the same time, you get to see these kids develop, and especially, you know, here in the Mahoning Valley when um, guys like Wendell and Diaz come through, and it's like, wow, we got to see them at Eastwood Field, what, five, six years ago? So it's Wendell, I think, seven or eight years ago, and now here they are playing on the biggest stage in baseball. Got a couple minutes left with you, Corey, before we head to break. And I think it's going to be a very unique series between these two teams. Uh, I, I look forward to probably go six or seven games, and I would think the Dodger talent wins out in the end, but I, I'm not really sure if it will. Well, that's my fault for calling late, so I apologize for that. But I, you know what? I think the Dodgers' depth should get them further into the series. I mean, it's kind of a one-to-one thing, right? If you're deeper as a team, you can kind of go a little bit longer. You can kind of outlast Tampa. But we've seen Tampa kick it up a notch with fireworks. And, you know, you look at the last series, the Rays, you know, the Rays just played in this uh, ALCS, and it was a close one. You can't take anything away from Houston, although I would love to take everything away from them. But, you know, Houston still played them tough. They've had experience, but the Rays got over that. So, can they do it again? If this is truly a threat of a Rays team, they could pull it off. I think this goes Dodgers and six, but if the Rays won, you probably wouldn't be surprised. You know, I do agree with you in that Dodgers in six, and it's an interesting way to begin things tonight with Tyler Glass now and Clayton Kershaw getting the ball in game one. Well, avert your eyes, Pirates fans, because uh, Tyler Glass now, Austin Meadows, there's some former big name Pirates prospects in this too that you got to be kicking yourself around. I know the uh, Yankees and Rays series wasn't a fun one with that Garrett Cole matchup, but yeah, I mean the pitching is just unbelievable. The Dodgers pitching in this postseason, you know, especially it's in the back half of that NLCS. When you're hot, you're hot, and you, know, you look at guys like Urias, you look at Walker Bueller and what he could potentially do. You look at the back end towards that bullpen with Bruce Dahl this is a scary-looking pitching staff, and, and I think that's where the Dodgers kind of, you know, in the in the bullpens at least, I think that's where the Dodgers can get them with the depth. Obviously, the hitting is going to be there for L.A., but if the Dodgers pitching keeps up and they sustain some good production, this should be L.A.'s series. I think the Dodgers do win in six. Do you think Rosarena can continue his historic pace that he's on for the Rays? Hard to say no at this point, right? I mean, what, seven home runs in this postseason? Uh, rookie record, he's just been on fire. And we've seen it so many times. You know, you could recall how many series where one player just catches fire and he becomes a superstar. And really right now we're seeing Randy Rosarena. Who knows what happens in the 2021, but for right now, uh, he, he's swinging as good of a bat as anybody. He's got the best bat going into the World Series. So, I, I don't know if I could say no at this point to whether he cools down or not because he just hasn't. And until until we start seeing signs of it, it's kind of a it's not going to happen until it actually does kind of thing. You know, I'm looking for a quick answer here, but who has to have a big series for the Dodgers? Who has to have a big series for the Rays for them to win, position player or pitcher? For the Dodgers, I think it's Justin Turner. We saw Corey Seager step up in the NLCS. We know what Mookie Betts, we know what Cody Bellinger can do, but if Justin Turner can get going in this series, then I don't see how anything stops the Dodgers. For Tampa, that's a tough one because I think the correct answer is G-Man Choi. When he gets on base, that team just seems to revolve. and it's, It just seems to get hot, and they iron strikes there. G-Man Choi is such an intriguing player to me. But also, I would not discount Kevin Kiermeyer either if he gets into the outfield at all. I mean, we know what he can do defensively, but especially hitting in the bottom of that lineup when he does play, um, that'll be interesting to see, too. So those are the two that I'm watching out for. So I mentioned it, Dodgers in six. Are you going to stick with that? Yeah, I think I am. Uh, if the Rays win it, I think it's in seven. It's going to be an interesting series. It's been an unbelievable year. I didn't know, Corey, if we'd even get to the point of talking about the first game of the World Series in 2020. But for the most part, things have gone well for Major League Baseball uh, the last you know couple of weeks to a month. And I guess they have to be applauded for that. Oh, without a question. I mean, even look at look at sports in general. The NFL, they've had slip-ups and they're still going. 
high school football, there's been a slip up, but you know they're still carrying on with the playoffs in Ohio. And uh, yeah, baseball, there there was a couple of slip ups, but no fans has helped until now, especially. But everything seems to be contained at least. So yeah, I, I, I'm just excited that we actually have a World Series, and really I, I'm grateful that we get it too. It should be a really exciting series. Now we can begin the conversation of where does Francisco Lindor end up and when does it happen? Because I think that is the inevitable that eventually will happen, whether it's this offseason or by the trade deadline. That becomes the new conversation for baseball fans in Ohio. Uh, I don't feel optimistic about Lindor's longevity in Cleveland, but weirder things have happened, Mark. So obviously it'll happen when it happens, if it happens. So let's just... Kind of like uh, Mr. Dolan said, enjoy him while he's here because we'll be right back here on Western Reserve Radio. 365 Network and SB Nation. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Bellaria Pizza, an Italian restaurant, wishes good luck to all our area teams. Bellaria has been serving our valley for over 60 years, offering daily specials along with pizza, pasta, wings, and other family favorites. Visit CelleriaPizza.net to find and order a location near you. Celleria, we sell taste one bite at a time. The stores are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like, like the storm. storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. How to find each other? The whole experience was the most frightening ten hours of my life. If there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms out there, it's to stay calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo day. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. right here on Western Reserve Radio. Thank you to Corey Christen for jumping in, talking some baseball with us. We're now joined by Matt Emch, host of Just Football with Matt Emch on Wednesdays right here on Western Reserve Radio. And Matt, you know how much I love college football, but it really truly hasn't felt like college football was back for me till this week when the Buckeyes come back on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to have uh, the Buckeyes back, the Big Ten back involved with college football. Uh, It it just, like you said, it it hasn't felt like uh, everything was right with the world. And and now that the Buckeyes are back, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how they, you know, take on this new challenge after the long kind of lull that they had. And, you know, a lot of people feel like with all the problems that Nebraska tried to cause during the time where the Big Ten decided not to play football, whether it was trying to find a schedule to play or potentially maybe even leaving the Big Ten if things went that way, uh, that, you know, maybe they intentionally scheduled Nebraska to have to come to Ohio State week one 
and uh, that's a team that has not played great football the last couple of years. Uh, they have Adrian Martinez back at quarterback this year, and of course a, a veteran quarterback back always helps out, but it's, it's going to be a tall task for the Cornhuskers to come to Ohio and win that game. Yeah, it really is. And I agree with you. I thought myself, you know, that they're giving them, you know, everything that they can handle because of all the noise that they created uh, when the whole COVID situation was, you know, in full swing. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how Scott Frost has prepared these guys. You know, they brought him in there. He's a, he's a Nebraska man. Uh, he played excellent when he was quarterback there. A lot of people thought maybe he'd be bringing back kind of the Tom Osborne days, and that has yet to uh, come back yet, uh, so far. It is going to be really interesting to see how Ohio State uh, responds as well. You know, there's so many unknowns with how long these guys have been on a break. And, and looking at the fact of all, all these other universities have been playing, they've gotten so much more game time uh, practice, and, and they're in such good game shape, uh, it makes you wonder how Ohio State is going to be able to fare if they do really well and make it to the playoffs. It does make you wonder you know, when the Big Ten teams determine, you know, when were they going to start hitting in practice? You look at a team like Navy, who didn't do much of any hitting before their first game, and they're a team that hasn't looked like Navy the entire year. And, I mean, I don't have to tell you, contact is one thing you have to be prepared for. You can't just do that in a game when it's the first one that matters for the year. No, it's such a big difference. You know, uh, people that, that think just because football players are practicing against each other, even though Ohio State is one of the premier top five programs in the country, and, you know, you're practicing against the best of the best week in and week out, it is completely different when you line up against another team, you're playing against un knowns regardless of how much you've scouted films and the, the types of players that you expect to be seeing until you really line up strap it up and start you know playing the game you have no idea what what to expect then you have kind of that unknown this year of um, you know no one's in the stand so how crazy is it going to be seeing the horseshoe basically silent no fans there you know you're going to have games this year and i'm sure there already has been games throughout the year already that fans play a gigantic 12th man you know role it's not just at texas a&m it's everywhere and uh you know some universities those fans are the ones that that help tip a win in their direction because of you know how excited they are players feed off of those things so it'll be interesting to see how some of these teams who were so used to having a packed house feeding off that energy of their fans how they react to that but but um yeah it's going to be uh really different for the players uh getting to play against other guys and, you know, I didn't really – I thought about it from an Ohio State's fan perspective where I was like, that's great, no fans when we go to Penn State in two weeks. You know, no 100,000 people, no whiteout, nothing like that. But the, the same exact thing, the other teams are thinking about coming to Columbus and not having 110,000 in the horseshoe. There's going to be 1,600 total people in the shoe on Saturday for the game, and that includes players, coaches, officials, and a very, very small portion of fans for both teams that will be you know, very socially distanced in the stadium. 1,600 people is going to sound like it's, it's completely empty. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when, uh, and I'm sure you do, when the Ohio High School uh, State Championship split between uh, Maslin and, and Columbus those those years. And, uh, you know, even if you had a Division One State Championship there, it, it really really looked like it was nobody there. So, you know, there in turn, you know, is, is why it's great. Besides other reasons, it's in Canton. But, um, yeah, you know, some of the pro stadiums have been able to pump in some fan noise. Uh, I don't know if you know if they're allowed to do any of that, but obviously not to the point where, you know, guys aren't going to be able to hear. It absolutely will affect, you know, the whole outlook of, of that portion of the game. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, when we've seen program, pro games and specific uh, college programs that are, you know, the top tiered, 
you know, if you have that kind of talent, that, that just unreal elite kind of talent, you will separate yourself, even though you don't have those fans in the stands. And, um, you know, you got to imagine with the recruiting that Ohio State has done, the players that they have on their team, um, it seems like there's a lot of, of uh, anger throughout that that team too because everyone's been selling them short uh from which shocked me when i saw it uh preseason uh michigan saying how they got an easy schedule and also they can deal with that when they see them at the end of this regular season but um yeah i i just think that they're going to be you know in that that form of how urban meyer used to say he wants an angry football team i think coach day's going to have them ready uh, i think they feel like they have a lot to prove and uh, i i hope they go out and and put a whooping on nebraska like clemson did uh to to this last game like they had this past weekend you know, NFL stadiums are allowed to use 80 decibels of sound. The Big Ten is going to use 70 decibels of upward sound for the game. And uh, they can actually increase the volume a little bit when, uh, you know, after scoring plays, but then bring it back down to 80. Now, the thing that I'm curious about, if you think about Ohio State the last few years, a lot of times you think about the quarterback play, you know, uh, Cardell Jones and JT Barrett and Justin Fields, and you can, you can name others, but those quarterbacks to be successful, the Buckeyes have proven they have to be able to run the football first, whether it was Zeke Elliott in the championship game or J.K. Dobbins last year. Well, there's, there's two guys now taking over, and it's expected they will split the running back carries between Oklahoma transfer Trey Sermon, who actually scored his last college football touchdown at Ohio Stadium, or Master Teague, who was J.K. Dobbins' backup last year. And not bad numbers for your backup, Matt. Almost 800 yards, four touchdowns, and almost six yards a carry. So he'll step into that role, and they're going to split carries this year. I think both of them are going to do a very good job. I think they're going to complement each other. Um, I think they have similar types of, of God's gifts, so to speak, but they also run obviously different. They're two different kinds of guys. And, uh, in, you know, uh, you had one guy playing a, at Oklahoma, which is a big-time program, and, and as you said, he played in Ohio Stadium and did well. I think he had, in his time there, you could correct me if I'm wrong, a little over 2,000 yards. So he has the ability to put up good yardage. Um, and, you know, Master Teague, I mean, come on, he, he's just the name itself, you know, right. just just gives you that kind of, of, you know, great Ohio State kind of running back lineage you kind of feel like you're going to start to to hear him mentioned with some of the better ones and um, I, I really think those two with that great big offensive line that Ohio State puts out every single year uh, the recruits that they end up putting in there every year that those two together split in time are going to be uh, some some very very dangerous uh, running backs of course they're going to miss Dobbins um, I mean, you know, you can't really replace a player like him, but, um, you know, they just reload next man up at Ohio State. It's going to be interesting, too, how, you know, who gets the majority of the carries, who's more comfortable early on. Uh, if you have not heard, Ohio State's game next week against Penn State uh, was just announced and finally a kickoff time for that game. That'll be a 7.30 ABC nationally televised game. This week's game is a noon kickoff on Fox. Ohio State, Matt, as we wrap up this segment, is a 26-point favorite against the Cornhuskers. Do you think they cover that big number? Um, I think it is absolutely within uh, their their means to cover that number. It all depends on, you know, the mental mistakes that they either do or do not, uh, you know, cause on Saturday. It'll be interesting just like week one of, you know, say the high school football season. You get all those butterflies out. You get all those little mistakes out. If they're not turning the ball over and they're playing pretty much mistake-free football, I think they could really put a hurting on them. So the one number, real quick, as I'm sure we're about to head to break, um, the Clemson game against Syracuse, they are 44-point favorites in that game coming up on Saturday. That's a big number. I'm used to seeing one that big 
in college football, but we'll just have to wait and find out how that game plays out. They did score, what, 73 last week? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say they scored 73 points. Uh, they look better than ever, um, you know. It, it's definitely going to be one of those years that you have um, Clemson's definitely going to be in there. Hopefully somebody takes care of Alabama, but they're looking extremely strong, especially after uh, their performance last week. Um, if Notre Dame keeps playing the way that they're playing, you, I would expect that they will stick in there. And hopefully again, you know, if, if Ohio State uh, plays the way that everyone expects them to and, and dominates regardless of their playing, only WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. Behold the angry giant. Try it again, Alberto. Behold the angry giant. This weekend, and of course, Matt and I, differing ends of that Brown-Steelers game, but we'll break that down for you as well. We'll talk a little bit about uh, West Branch and Ursuline, and of course, Springfield and St. Thomas Aquinas. We'll do that after we take a timeout here on Western Reserve Radio. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I'm skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all got to see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke. But this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign up. I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. (laughs) Text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new car paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on westernreserveradio.com. means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio. Mark means Matt Amsh. If you want to get on board and give us a call, the number is 330-707-4202. Matt, let's jump in. And of course, you know, the two of us getting together, we've got to talk some high school football. And I'm really intrigued by this West Branch Earthland matchup that's coming up on Saturday because West Branch's offense and the way they go is really keyed by their quarterback, Brock Hillier, who's had a big senior year. Uh, yeah, you know, West Branch, obviously, I don't know if they've ever had a record like this or they've ever played this well in their history. I know they've had some really good teams through the years. In fact, if I remember right, I think they were they were one of the uh, better teams when uh, Dick Hartzell was their head coach a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But looking at 
at their schedule, um, with exception to the um, first time they played East Liverpool where they beat them 34-28. Every other game, they basically blew everybody out. And obviously, uh, last week playing East Liverpool again, beating them 43-13. They are absolutely a team that, you know, Ursuline is not going to be able to take lightly. Uh, You know, Ursuline has um, been extremely dominating in some, some forms and games this year. You know, there have been times during set games, like uh, Tim, my partner Tim Continez and I talked about, you know, Ursuline sometimes has lately had a, a, a short history of having a little bit of a, of a playing down to their opponent's uh, level sometimes. And they have always, it seems like, one uh, quarter that they, they are just kind of in a little bit of a lull and if West Branch being at home, which is a big deal, um, you know, anytime you're at home during the playoffs, especially in a huge game like this, um, you know, I'm sure this might, you know, be considered the biggest game in the history of the school for them. If they could knock off Ursuline High School, that would be gigantic to move on to the next round of the playoffs. Um, so, you know, they're going to play their best game. If Ursuline comes out and they play, say, the way they finished the game last week or, uh, you know, a, a number of the games they played throughout the season, um, I really think West Branch could end up getting in uh, a little more over their head than they could expect. You know, I, I even though West Branch uh, is undefeated, they've really beaten up a lot of the teams that they've played. Um, I look at both of their schedules and I can't ignore the fact, you know, the teams that Ursuline plays versus the teams that West Branch plays are, are, are different calibers. And that's not to say that West Branch isn't good. That's not to say that West Branch can't beat Ursuline. You know, anybody can win on any given night. Um, it's just I think Ursuline is just more battle tested. The teams they played are, are much more powerful, uh, play better schedules. And if Ursuline uh, does not turn the ball over and make the stupid little mistakes that occasionally they do, um, they could really uh, do very well and move on to the next round. Now you look at West Branch last year, just two and eight with wins over Carrollton and Canton South before losing their last three games of the year. So I don't know if it was expected that they would have the year that they've had away from, you know, inside Beloit, but they've got a quarterback that's really led them. They've opened up the offense. They throw the football quite a bit, but, you know, you and I talked about this off the air. It it is one of those when – when you're looking at playoff games and you're looking at, you know, who you think is going to win a matchup, you look at the caliber of competition that they've played, and there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it that Ursuline's played better teams to get to this point to round three. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you look at it, Harding, I mean, Fitch, yes, Ursuline, uh, you know, got got beaten up at the end of the game by Fitch, but let's not forget Ursuline was completely in that that driver's seat up until the end of the third quarter when they turned the ball over. Fitch got a touchdown out of that, and then they caught them off guard with an onside kick. Then they got a score off of that. After that happened, Ursuline lost their composure. They absolutely were in the driver's seat to, to possibly win that matchup. Harding, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse. There were there were some questionable calls in that game. Uh, they absolutely could have uh, walked away with that for a win. And then you look at the other games that they won. Um, you know, Mooney gave them all they could handle. That is a rivalry game. That's the holy war. You throw records out. Mooney gave everything because you know. Uh, if, if you are not having a good year and you play for one of those schools or whoever and you're not having a good year, you beat your rival, that makes up for a lot. So they played a very good game. Uh, Ursland took care of that. Um, but, but West Branch, you know, I mean, I know it was game one, but you look at what Salem did versus Poland this past weekend. A very heartbreaking, by the way. I have to say for the Quakers, I don't know. Uh, I've, in fact, I did hear they turned the ball over a couple times at the end of that 
game, which is why they gave it up to Poland. But they were really putting it to them. Um, I don't know if that was the same team that West Branch played against in week one. Obviously, it's a, it's a longer, short season, so to speak. But, um, you know, it's still the same players. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, they've really beaten up the majority of the teams that they've played. And, and like you said, their quarterback, it all starts with the guy running the offense. And he has proven that he's a leader and that he can sling it. And when you have somebody that, uh, you know, can put the ball where it needs to be in those receivers' hands, you know, they're dangerous as long as his offensive line can block for him. Because let me tell you something, one thing Ursland has that is extremely dominating and intimidating is their defense. This is one of the best defenses that Ursland's had in years. They can pressure the, the quarterback. They make tackles in the backfield nonstop. Um, so their offensive line is going to be tested big time. You know what? We've got some breaking high school sports news. WCPO is reporting the Ohio High School Athletic Association today informed schools that the higher-seeded football team will have the choice to host the regional final game this month. The OHSAA told member schools in a memo that those football teams may choose to host at a site other than their own home location if they choose. Traditionally, the regional finals, of course, have been at neutral sites, uh, but with everything going on with a shortened season and the COVID-19 pandemic, it looks like higher-seeded teams will now, Matt, be able to host the regional final or have that game at a different facility and act as the home school if they could get to a bigger venue. Wow. I mean, that's really awesome. I mean, you look at, let's just say, Ursuline wins this week. You know, they have the opportunity to go back to YSU. That's a huge home field advantage. Um, I would imagine the majority of the teams that are the higher seeds would prefer to to, uh, be at home on the field that they call home, uh, you know, have their fans there. Uh, That is just so priceless to have but then you're going to have some programs that might not have a very nice home field and would prefer to play you know elsewhere so it'll be that'll be cool to see how they uh, choose to do that i mean you look at uh, you know last week's game with niles when they went down to streetsboro beautiful scoreboard nice mm-hmm. new turf field but they only had a capacity to hold 2500 people right so it's all going yeah, to it, on your venue Right. And, you know, schools are also going to look at the fact, you know, can we bring however many people in this? How many are we going to be allowed to have? And, you know, let's be honest, the OHSAA really needs to make as much money as possible. So, you know, that's going to come into play and the schools are are going to want to make up and, and get as much as they can. So if they can, you know, get more people in the stands, sell more tickets, make more money on food, whatnot, um, I, I would imagine that they would prefer to be at a, a bigger, nicer facility. And you know what? In, in a year where, you know, there has been so many different things that have had to be adjusted, and of course we know, you know, several games, unfortunately, in the tournament have to have been canceled uh, with unforeseen circumstances and, and positive testing at, at, at certain schools, and that is definitely uh, unfortunate. But uh, for it wasn't that long ago, we were talking about whether there be a high school football season, and we're now into you know the third round this year. We're kind of you know where we would be in a, in a normal year with about 13 teams left in the valley. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, you know I, I'm glad that there is a season. I'm glad that things did not so far turn into a, a, a crazy situation where team after team after team uh, had had people testing positive. I think that's a testament to uh, the people running those programs, the athletic directors, the schools, that they have been very vigilant on, uh, you know, testing and keeping their kids healthy and keeping them away from situations that could maybe get them infected. Now, granted, there's some schools that have had a bad run of luck, uh, like Champion, for instance. You know, that's a very sad situation where they have had, you know, their season really 
completely upended and uprooted from that that COVID. Uh, and um, you know, it's really sad. It's sad to see uh, teams and, and players not be able to finish out their senior year. Um, but then there's also situations, for instance, you know, teams that get knocked out of the playoffs have the opportunity to play some more games. So it's it's a very uh, strange you know situation. Uh, looking at these uh, brackets has been like looking at March Madness for for, right. for basketball. Um, I, I really would find it hard to believe that this is going to be done again. Um, but, you know, it's been an interesting experiment, to say the least. Now, you, you flip and you turn the page to the Springfield-St. Thomas Aquinas matchup that is coming up on, on Saturday here on Western Reserve Radio. And I actually had a chance to watch the Aquinas-Trinity game on YouTube on uh, on Saturday during the Springfield game. And, you know, the Knights of St. Thomas Aquinas uh, you know, out of Louisville, Ohio, are 5-2. and two. They have playoff wins over Newton Falls in Trinity. And, you know, their early schedule was where they were really challenged. They played Canton South, lost to them. Uh, they played, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy in that second-round matchup against, you know, the John F. Kennedy Eagles from up here in Trumbull County. Lost that game by 30 points. Had a game canceled. You know, then came back with wins over Rootstown, Southeast, Canton Central Catholic, before going into the playoffs, they're they're an interesting team to match up against Springfield. Uh, you know, there has been some really good uh, times through the years. I can remember that that St. Thomas Aquinas had some good teams. In fact, I remember back when uh, Hoban's coach Tim Tyrrell was was uh, coaching out at out at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. They were good. They've had up and down years, but for the most part, they get some some good athletes in there. And I agree, you know, the fact that they took care, you know, just looking at Canton Central Catholic, 26 to 10, um, and then beating on uh, Trinity, uh, 42-26, those were big wins. Uh, you know, Newton Falls, uh, 48-0 at Newton Falls is struggling. Um, but, you know, Rootstown has had some good teams in and out. Um, JFK, yeah, JFK, but JFK's got a really good team. They are stacked top to bottom. Um, they had a hiccup this year, but for the most part, they're really strong. They have played some teams uh, that have better programs, and so they are going to be, you know, battle-tested. I think this will definitely be the toughest team that Springfield has played uh, this year. Now, that being said, you know, we, especially here at Western Reserve Radio, know how good they are, being that we've been following them all season. I got to see them week one versus uh, Mineral Ridge, and they looked like they were in playoff form week one. Um, they are not your typical bigger division school. They are playing like they are like a division four or sometimes even three school. Um, I think they could get with some of the very best programs in the area. They're staff. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo day. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. So, are you enjoying our station? Well, now you can take us along on your mobile device wherever you go. The free Live 365 app is available for both Apple and Android devices. That sounds like fun. I'll give it a try. Just go to the Apple app or Google Play Store and download it today. You're listening to WRTV, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Orange, Salem, and around the world. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Who doesn't love an adventure? If you crave something new and tasty, embark on the great dining adventure at Eastwood Mall. Whether you're dining in or getting it to go, there are more than 30 different eateries ready to please. Plan your roadmap to great dining by visiting us at eastwoodmall.com. Enjoy tantalizing tastes while supporting local businesses. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. What do basketball, choir, drama clubs, and marching bands all have in common? They're all high school activities that offer learning opportunities not necessarily found in the classroom. They take up just a fraction of a typical Ohio high school's budget, and they go a long way to giving young people the tools they need to thrive. High school activities, they're more than extracurricular. They're extra important, too. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Wrapping up today's edition of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. Don't forget Just Football with Matt Emps coming up tomorrow starting at 5 right here on Western Reserve Radio. Then, of course, the high school football preview show at 5 o'clock on Friday. And so we're attempting to hear from all four coaches involved in that game. We'll let you know as the week goes along. Matt, as we wrap things up, you know, we tend to be homers, and deservedly so when we're covering the same team all year long. But I think both teams win games, both Springfield and Ursuline win their games on Saturday comfortably. I agree. Uh, you know, I think the first half of those games, uh, primarily the first quarters, will be competitive. Uh, the teams that Ursuline and Springfield are playing, Aquinas and West Branch, will sell out. They'll play as, as hard as they can. But I think just in terms of the seasons that they've had, the, the teams that they've played, and the players they have on their team, in terms of talent, will separate them from those other two. Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be good games. Of course, playoff games are always fun, and they're always entertaining. And we'll do our best to keep both crews updated on all the scores going on around the Valley. Uh, We'll update you on the games played on Friday, of course, as well. And uh, we'll let you know about, you know, who future opponents might be and how those games are faring as well as we get into this third round of the high school football playoffs here in the state of Ohio. Pennsylvania begins their postseason run to Hershey next week as well. Good luck to my cousin Mark Means of the West Middlesex, uh, the, uh, the, excuse me, yeah, the, the West Middlesex Big Reds in their game coming up next week as well. That's going to do it. Matt, thanks for jumping in and joining us as always. We will talk Absolutely. to you tomorrow with uh, Just Football with Matt Ench. Thank you to executive producer Dave Ferris. A big thank you to Corey Christen for coming in to talk a little Major League Baseball with us. The World Series is, of course, tonight. I'll pick the Dodgers in six games, and we will talk to you on Friday for the High School Football Preview Show right here on Western Reserve Radio.